I'm Aaron Schultz. Welcome to episode two of the Outback Mind podcast. for spending uh, some time with me listening in to uh, our podcast today. Uh, I've got a very, very special guest coming on, a gentleman by the name of Gareth Andrew, ex-AFL uh, Premiership player, played with Geelong, Richmond, and at the age of 55, he suffered uh, some pretty major depression, and uh, that sort of changed his life when he basically had the courage and brave uh, mindset to be able to move out of that and we're going to talk more about that with Gareth today and what he actually did in his journey and his uh, his ability to be able to change people's lives through his charity called the Life Again Foundation. He's a beautiful man and uh, certainly um, I'm sure you'll enjoy this conversation. The IT issues that I experienced when I was talking with Paul I will probably go through again so just bear with me for a moment. I've just got to give Gareth a call, get him on the line and we will uh, we'll connect uh, and uh, commence the conversation. Just bear with me here for a moment. <clears throat> the joys of the IT world. I'm sure this is going to get better. G'day, Gareth. How are you? Good, mate. Uh, just get you on speaker here. Are you with me? Yeah, I'm with you. How are you going? Uh, not bad. Just uh, had a uh, busy morning. Have you? Yeah. <laughs> well, you are uh, you are getting into your senior years now, so I suppose that's uh, that's all oh, part of it. <laughs> What's that, mate? What do you say? Sorry. You're getting into your senior years now, so it's probably knocking you around a bit more. The more stuff you're doing. Uh, yeah, and uh, unfortunately, well, fortunately, in a way. That's uh, what I'm doing. Is uh, none of it's Gareth, Gareth stuff. It's all been just uh, life again and um, all of that sort of stuff. Yeah, um, busy man, busy man, and uh, we're going to talk more and more about that, Gareth. But I'm really grateful that you uh, have been able to spend the the all time on on your Saturday to be able to sort of you know have a chat with me about uh, about you know men's health and um, obviously you know we're going to talk about your own journey and so forth with regards to that, but. You know, the, the concept of, of what I want to try and do with Outback Mind is to try and give men of rural Australia, you know, some, some deeper connection and understanding about uh, you know, men's well-being and what we can do to make some changes in our lives to be able to primarily yeah. help each other and, uh, and grow and learn and, uh, you know, be better men moving into the, the, well, basically the next decade that we're already in. We've already had a, a yeah. rough start to it, but uh, hopefully we're coming out of it now. So, so where are you based exactly, Eric? Yeah, interesting, Gareth. Uh, uh, I'm actually uh, based in a beautiful place called Agnes Water now. So I, I um, yeah, I left rural Victoria last year uh, to teach yeah. yoga more primarily on the Gold Coast, and um, yeah. the coronavirus happened, and that sort of put a uh, spanner in the works. I was going to do some work with some footy clubs there, teach some mindfulness, and also on the schools, and uh, never happened. So um, basically, uh, ended up. Um, accepting a role up here in uh, in central Queensland to do coaching work. So I'm doing lots of uh, frontline work with guys primarily to 
um, manage anxiety, depression, uh, sort of look at, uh, you know, what's caused that and also guys that have got bipolar and PTSD. So it's, it's pretty much, you know, um, it's very, very harsh raw work and, um, you know, dealing with a lot, uh, a lot of uh, Indigenous young men, uh, which has been really beautiful and rewarding. And uh, we'll talk more about that as we go with the conversation. But what yeah. I've, yeah, what I've, and as you know, um, the connection that, um, that Indigenous Australia has with, uh, with spirit and the well-being uh, uh, of everything in general is so deep and profound and I want to try and explore that more and more to try and help people understand um, you know the gift that we've got in life I suppose at the end of the day and um, you know to be able to re- reconnect these indigenous guys back to their culture has been something I'm, I've become really passionate about so mate have you got a web have you got an ability to go into a website immediately I can't at the moment, mate. No, we're actually recording this, so uh, I'm uh, I'm not uh, not able to, unfortunately. But uh, what, what's the website? Well, lifeagain.org. We've our, we've got our new launched website, and it's so if you looked at it, you'd be blown away by it because of the indigenous component of it. Mm, I did have a brief look earlier, mate, and I'm really, really. Uh, impressed with what you've done because the last time I looked at it was a while back and uh, the, the progress you've made and I reckon a lot of that IT stuff probably didn't come from yourself but um, yeah. someone pretty talented has got I behind it. I'm, I'm the visionary, that's all yeah. I am. I'm that's like... it, yeah, same as me, hopefully I, I'm yeah. hopeless with that sort of stuff but uh, at the end of the day if we can tell people what we want to do and they can put it together for us then great, you know. Yep, yep, that's right, yep. <laughs> well, Gareth, uh, we're just going to, we're going to go through a bit here and I want you to, um, you know, sort of go back to your childhood and sort of how life, uh, how life evolved for you to where you are now, I guess. Yep. Uh, so are we recording? <laughs> yeah, absolutely, mate, we're on, we're on. Okay. <laughs> so I, I actually am in the process of writing a book um, and... and, and it's a matter of getting time to do it. I've done about eight chapters so far, but it's all based on an imperfect man. Mm. So I, I take myself as a, uh, a bloke coming from Geelong, having a, a sort of fortunate life, blissful childhood, uh, everything went well, um, loved my footy and my sport at school, did well academically, went to university in Melbourne. Um, from the moment I left school, um, I went to Geelong and I, as soon as I left school, I played my first game of the year after I left school. That was in 1965. Uh, I went to a very good Geelong side. My first captain in those days was Polly Farmer. Mm. Um, famous names like Doug Wade and, uh, you know, Billy Goggin were part of my team. So I stepped into that mm. and had um, a successful footy career, including apprenticeship in the end. With, uh, with Richmond in 74. Mm. Mm. So really, by the time I got to sort of 30, I had everything had gone my own way and I thought uh, onwards and upwards. But the reality was, like all of us, I just, uh, I had realised that life could ultimately catch up with it. And, you know, as far as I was concerned, if I could go on like doing what I like, playing footy, being with my mates and all of that, uh, I would have just a blissful life, but you get older and you uh, make decisions in life. My decision was to get married, have children, and, and then I just started putting pressure on myself, which 
most likes to whatever wherever they live, um, you aspire to something, and uh, and a lot of it's based on how you see your peers and what sort of success they have, and yeah, and you you know you try to confine yourself by peers who you think are having success, whereas they at the same time my mates who I went to uni with but probably wanted to be like me, <laughs> like being single, playing footy, and uh, just sort of having a good time. Mm. So, that's the start of my really quick start of the story. Yeah, interesting. Talking about Doug Wade, he's from uh, my old uh, country town of Horsham. Yeah, yep, yep. Uh, yeah, it's really nice to hear, you know, go through those names. Uh, the first name that most people would think about in that era would be Sam Newman, you know, playing in your... Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, of course. So, so Sam, um, actually, but Sam was a young bloke on the block when... Sam was a, Sam's a year older than I am, yeah. and so I played... Of, you know, my nine years of uh, with Geelong, they all played with Sam as a teammate. Mm. Uh, so, uh, and Sam was uh, Sam was Sam. Sam was different back in those days. In fact, I played footy. Sam played for Geelong Grammar footy and cricket before he went to Geelong, and I played footy and cricket for Geelong College against Sam. So we go way back. Unbelievable, um, yeah, mate. Don't so, ask me what makes Sam tick. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I oh, look, that there's ego there and all that, but uh, <laughs> we, we we can talk about more of that as we go. That's for sure. But uh, you know, certainly uh, he's done some magnificent things, and uh, you know, he's someone I'd love to get on this conversation at some point in time as well. But um, oh, look, and you know, I'm like, I'm I'm happy to uh, help you with you if you need that contact. Yeah, great. Um, oh, I appreciate like, that. We have a quirky relationship, but if I sit down, Garrett, you'll say, yeah, what do you want? <laughs> I want you to do this, okay, because well, he is actually very generous. Yeah, yeah, I, I see that, mate, absolutely. So, uh, you know, you, 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 you've touched on it. You, you went through a really blissful era as a young fellow, and, you know, uh, a lot of us never had the privilege of being able to, you know, be, be good at sport or go through the, the school system that might have been a little bit more, um, you know, I suppose, proactive than the public school system and, and so forth. And, um, yeah, yeah. you know, a lot of the guys out there, uh, you know, would have would have gone through the, the school of hard knocks and, um, you know, yeah, had yeah. issues with anxiety and depression. But, you know, it's really beautiful that you're on this conversation because you've, You've gone through all that, but then you experience, you know, some deep depression as you got older. Yeah, and and a lot of those, a lot of the story, and I, I do say, look, I've been privileged, but in a way, but not to the extent that uh, privileges that other people have, and uh, almost take it for granted. Um, I've done a lot of um, really since I became depressed, I became I was clinically depressed twenty years ago mm. when I was fifty five and I hit the wall really hard. And it was then that I started revisiting. So what had happened between this bloke who was happy and carefree at thirty to reach the stage where I couldn't move in bed one morning mm. twenty five years later. Mm. And the one thing about depression as such, clinical depression, is you don't see it coming. You don't see it happening. Mm. But you don't wake up one morning and you're depressed. And one of the stories that we do talk about life again, we actually, I use, the word depression is only used once, and that's when I talk about myself having a depressed, being depressed. Mm. But over and beyond that, the whole conversation is about positive health. 
because through that whole period of time when I was running out of steams and finally hitting the wall, it's like going into quicksand and hitting the bottom, was that I was just lost. Mm. And most people, and it's not just men, women, um, it's just that men react to it differently because of our egos. And our, um, but our egos are our drivers, but it's, you know, competitive nature to beat the, the other bloke and whatever it might be, um, we, 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 we're really hard on ourselves. Mm. Uh, interestingly enough, by the time men get to 45, um, what, five to six times as many men commit suicide at 45 than women in Australia. Mm. Um, that's because men do suffer from not realising what's happening to them. They don't know who to talk to. One of the things, women are fantastic at talking to other women. So they have a natural network. But men, because of our ego, and even though we all know it now and everybody's talking about it, it's, you know, um, it's, um, it's all of the, the, the terminologies, of course, are built around victimate, mm. all of that type of mm. stuff, mm. is that we still struggle with that at core and the other thing is we actually, we're so busy and I don't care what business you're in um, or, or what, what, what trade you're in or whatever, we're still really busy ourselves because we only sort of see one way of doing something properly, that's busyness. The only thing we don't busy ourselves on is ourselves and our, our minds and our brains and our uh, where we're heading, that sort of stuff we don't do very well. Yeah, 100%, Gareth. It's... Um beautiful analogy and and one thing that sort of come to me as you were saying all that you know listen to our mates talk to our mates and that but really what Ruzi and I were talking about was um being able to listen and 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 go within yourself to be able to find where you're at every morning through um you know a quiet practice because really what happened to you is you got burnt out and um and so many guys do we just go 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 without sort of hitting the stop button and when the stop button yep. comes without uh without any um any consciousness then all of a sudden we get out, get to a stage where like yourself you've hit uh hit the wall and you couldn't get out of bed and um you know the, the human mind uh, will continue to drive us but we need to listen to you know the, the the heart more because that's where the truth's really coming from, and that's that's. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, the you know you talk about competition. Well, the opposite to competition is compassion. If you can have some compassion mm. with yourself rather than driving yourself all the time, then you will find that equilibrium. I think. Yeah. Mm, oh well, the first I didn't have a really good mentor. Uh, again, I come from an era where. Fathers weren't great mentors. My father, my father was a really terrific bloke, and he tried his damnedest, but he wasn't a good mentor. He yeah. he didn't. He came out of a war and depression, and uh, as far as he was concerned, you know, um, we 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 had to uh, uh, we have no empathy with you know. It, it was just hard, you know, straight you know, stiff upper lip and uh, straighten your back and just keep moving on, and. Um, and that was the way you're... And my father, I could never talk to him at, at the next level, the level of your heart, as you were talking about. Um, the heart is... Um, I always talk about we're born pure. And, you know, one thing I like about the Eastern religions or the Eastern 
They're not religions as such in the way that we know religions. Mm. They're the spiritual life, the people's spiritual life. We're all born with that pure flame in our heart, if you like to use that analogy. And the reality is that flame never goes out until we die. 100%, so yeah. what's happening, on, you know, you have, can obviously have physical problems like cancers and the like, but at the core within, you've got that flame just still burning like the day you're born. But the reality is that it's, um, uh, it's the stuff that we're feeding into our head. Uh, I've written blogs, I've done blogs where I've had a, these terrific drawings of a person who's got so many plugs coming out of his head. So that's what's happening. There are thousands, if not millions of ideas going into our head every day and we just don't turn any of them off. Mm. And, there, and in truth, it, with social media and what's happening in that space, the noise is getting even greater. Mm. And people are literally frying their brains. Yeah. And, and at what stage do you say, hey, stop, you've just got to turn off. Now, I, still, I think we're still right in the middle of that stage in our life, in the world, way they view things of not having any idea of what um, uh, social media or technology is doing to us. Mm. It's like back in the 30s and 40s and whatever it might have been, the way people smoked, they just did it until suddenly there was some research on smoking mm. and you realised that what it was doing to you, you know, you're, in it, you're inside your physical insides. Mm. And it's a wee bit of a bandwagon Without being, without, without being, I don't want to sort of disenfranchise younger people who say you're just an old wanker. I, you, you know, you got to be careful about that too. You got to, you got to respect what's going on. But younger people are smart. They're smarter than we were, um, but in some ways they're not smart. Yeah, that, that's right. And, and you think about when we were young, obviously uh, some of the things that were being relayed to us we weren't listening to. But, you know, touching back on to your father, like no one ever taught him how to be a father. No one ever taught my father those skills. Uh, certainly, uh, you know, I had challenges with my dad too. He's a yeah, beautiful man, but no one, he wasn't there to be the, the leader or the, uh, the person I needed to, to guide me on my way to, uh, to be a successful adult. And, uh, you know, being part of a successful adult is, is, is looking after your mental health, looking after your financial health, all those sorts of things. But, you know, a lot of the things that we, we, we needed in, in adult life aren't taught to us in school. They're all uh, really, as I said uh, earlier, is about supporting us to educate, uh, sorry, support the economy or educating us to support the economy rather than, um, you know, giving us the tools to look after our, our well-being as we uh, mature into, uh, into age, I guess, yeah. Mm. Yeah, and you know, even when you talk about the, the, the sort of idea of the economy, which is all about doing business and making money and, and the like, um, the biggest issue for me is, uh, and I love using the analogy, is what is enough? You know, what is enough? And particularly living in a, a uh, you know, first world uh, major city as I do in, 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 in Melbourne, um, you know, I see these people who who do make masses of a, uh, make fortunes, and they actually absolutely continue to make you know more and more money, and 
it means more bigger houses, more houses, bigger boats, first class flying, going away, but they are still totally unfilled, unfulfilled. And you and I would have seen you know, the people who aren't unfulfilled um, because they haven't been able to... You know, giving back the massive thing. I think the whole thing which you, you're, you are doing and which I do is only when I discovered after I became... Uh, when I, after I discovered you know, my depression and when I was recovering, I realised that I didn't know that I was going to hit the wall. I didn't even know anything about depression because I tell you the people who don't know anything about depression, 80% of the men in Australia. Mm. Um, that's why I stay clear of the word depression. If you if you ask a man how he's feeling, generally he'll say, I'm tired, or they'll say, I'm feeling shithouse. Mm. But they won't say, I'm depressed. They won't say, I have a mental health problem. Because as long as my heart points to the ground, those are still sort of, no-go areas for us. Mm. But positive health and how to attain that, and attaining positive health is just recognising, hey, life wasn't meant to be this hard. Mm. Uh, you know, my marriage has gone to, to pieces. Why? You know, my kids are, are driving me crazy. Why? Mm. Uh, I'm unhappy with my job. Why? All of these things... They've got nothing to do with depression. They might end up at depression, but at this stage, it's really a matter of making changes in your life. Yeah, finding balance. Uh, you, you know, Gareth, the, the, you, you, you hit on some really great things there, and you know, the, the, the material world, um, which, which um, basically drives us to accumulate, accumulate things, to compare ourselves and all that type of stuff. You know, it doesn't matter at the end. None of that, none of that is, is important at all. And um, uh, all the things that we innately know as a child, as you hit, hit on before, like we're born mm. awake. We're all the pure things that we have as individuals in this world. Yeah, we, yeah. You know, we, we're, we're born awake and we're put to sleep by, by this illusion of... of know having and, and and getting and comparing and judging and all these sorts of things you know but really the innate human nature the the, the qualities that we have the higher levels of consciousness of compassion love and gratitude and if you can start mm-hmm. to live, live mm-hmm. more in that space then you will find that life is really beautiful so you know well, they're all gentle words they're all gentle world words and somehow or other we put this crust hard crust over us to make ourselves somehow or other compete in this world and uh and all it does is it gives us outcomes like anger and greed and, mm. and and the sort of stuff that's just no good for us it's just no good yeah. and you know it's not as if we're pure beings we're not and we're going to have we're going to have a lot of um things um like is we've got to protect ourselves so we you know in typical man's way and i say man as a being rather than as a sex as such mm. uh, as typical as human human being we we um we do um have to fight the fights and there are you know it's a, it is the jungle out there so you've got to do that but at what stage are you going to say enough or at what stage is going to say i'm going to just have a slow down stage or at what stage are you going to say to your wife i love her realising you haven't said it to her for months, um, 
whatever that might mean or um, the difference it can make to you as much as it can make to the person you're doing it for yeah. or saying it to. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And, and those, those things are free, Gareth. You know, it's not about the comparisons. And you think about doing... Yep. Th- one thing that came to me was thinking of Dermot Brereton when he was a young fella and all the, all the toys and bells and whistles and all that, you know, uh, as a, as a high-profile AFL footballer. You know, I believe now he's changed his mindset where he's a little bit more self-aware. But, um, you know, we get swept up in this world. And, and I, remember the, I remember the moment where I, where I was put to sleep by the, the, the education system. I was in grade four. And yeah. I, I remember having to, you know, basically compete. I had to, you know, judge myself, judge others, become critical of myself, all those sorts of things. And I remember the exact moment when it happened. And, um, you know, my life never, never got uh, back to having some self-awareness, you know, for a long time after that because I was yeah. so controlled by what I was taught at school, which put pressure on me, which made me feel depressed and anxious and all those sorts of things and really having to compete against myself to try and prove myself to other people that I could, um, could do well in this world because of the house that I had or the um, material stuff that I had, but I became an arsehole, you know, too, yeah, because yeah. I, I, I'd lost the, the pure innocence that I had within myself, but you, you really uh, summed it up beautifully before to say that flame is always there, you know, so... I knew when I was a young fella going through this, I was going to hit 40 and things were going to change and pretty much uh, pretty much did. But I got to the stage yeah. where I nearly took my own life because I got so swept up in all the bullshit, you know? Yeah. That's, yeah. that's what, well, that's what uh, happens absolutely, to most of it. Right? Yeah. Uh, um, just, just, I hope, am I coming across my sound okay? You're a wee bit distorted coming. Um, I can't pick up every word. It's a bit distorted, but anyway, yeah. I'll be getting there. Hopefully we're right. Maybe we've just had a North Queensland storm here. So hopefully, um, or Central Queensland storm, hopefully we're going to come good in a minute. But uh, everything seems to be tracking along pretty well, mate. So, okay, no, cool, cool. All good. Um, just, if, I, if I miss it, an occasional word, uh, don't worry about it. Um, uh, I can, I, I'm 99% on fine. So, uh, uh, how old are you now? So you're 75 now, is that right? I'm 74, 75 this year. And have you, got, up. you got hearing aids? No, I don't have anything like that. I've done a, uh, an hour gym session this morning. Um, and so I'm, uh, I exercise pretty well every day still. And uh, I mean, one of the most important things I've always done is I have looked after my health. Mm. And whatever. I, I, I've, one of my great mates, Terry Waters, and I wrote about it in uh, um, uh, the Age in Melbourne, the Fairfax, it might have been in the Sydney Morning Herald. Uh, so he died last year during COVID. Mm. Terry, Terry was the captain of the famous Collingwood side that lost the grand final in 1970. Mm. Um, and, and, and Terry and I, that year, I, was, I had my best year in July. I came running up to Billy Goggin in the best and fairest, and Collingwood was in the grand final where he was their captain. And we were flatmates together. Yeah, you know? And back in the day, Terry smoked. And Terry... Always, and he continued after footy, and he'd always continued, you know, he smoked, and he smoked all his life. And Terry, who I, you know, I just was always, a, he was one of my absolute best friends, died last year, and it was basically, it all started with emphysema, of course, mm-hmm. you know, just, just from the smoking, and the fact is that, um, without being a pure, puritanical about it, because I like a drink, 
um, and I've never been an alcoholic, but I, uh, you know, I've been, you know, I've never been even quite, but I will go out and I've been out and gotten drunk or whatever. Yeah. The reality is, if you do want to live a long and happy and successful life, number one, you are going to go ups and downs. No problem, and no, you've got to try to minimise that as much as you can by looking after your, your mental health, mm. and that's what I, uh, that's why I became, you know, depressed. But you do have to have a good, you know, the old analogy that you know, it's like driving a car and not putting oil into it or whatever, not looking after yourself mental, uh, physically is uh, you don't have to exercise, you don't have to do an hour of gym or anything like that, but you do have to eat better. You do have to um, stop the smoking. I don't just say cut back the smoking, I say stop the smoking. Um, I was talking to my son this morning and he went through a tough few years in the last three or four years. He lives in, works in the aid industry in Port Moresby in Papua New Guinea. And we were just talking, and we were talking about the tough times he had in the last, a few years ago. And uh, he was going through, and I hadn't realised that through that time he was smoking. Mm. But there's no question about a lot of people smoke because it's soothsome. It, it's, it's like an alcohol, it's mm. Yeah. Um, so I don't take being a purist as being a simple thing to do. Um, but you've got to do your best or... or um, because once he got through that stage, he then sort of didn't need cigarettes anymore and doesn't need cigarettes anymore. Mm. So don't, don't become reliant on bad stuff. Don't, and do as much as you can to have as many good, positive people around you as you can. Um, because there's a tendency of man... Uh, I had a psych who got me through my bad times, a psychologist, and a terrific bloke. He said, the interesting thing is we're almost built to what, if you, if you have a scale of positive and negative, uh, um, and if you, he reckons everybody um, wakes up every morning at about minus two, you know, in terms of how you're feeling. Mm. You know, if zero is the mid-range, if zero sits there and you're on the good side on, the, on one side and the bad side, we're, we're always getting up, we, got, we wake up in a negative way. Mm. So if you're then for the rest of your day, just don't get away from bad people or reading bad stuff on your social media or getting angry or doing anything, you'll always be in the bad space. Mm. And the cumulative effects of being living in mental bad space is no different to the cumulative effect of smoking too much or drinking too much yeah. it will finally destroy you yeah i agree you talked about eastern cultures before and their philosophy of getting up moving the body like doing doing yoga primarily and then being able to sit you know to to use the yin and the yang so to be able to yeah. to you know we're in such a yang culture and a yang environment here you know the, the ability to be able to sit still is so fearful for still is so pe- fearful for most people but uh, they actually come home again you know that's the fear of coming home back to the heart because the mind's been so yeah. dominating for so long and uh, you know getting out of the mind is is so important and um, yeah you you're right Gareth it's um, it's a real a real trick for men to be able to surrender you know to be able to surrender and actually realize that uh, maybe I'm not headed on the right path I need to uh, to make some changes and having the 
the, 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 the ability to be vulnerable and actually sort of say that uh, I'm not doing so well, I need a diversion here, can I get someone to help me on that path or can I have someone um, you know, give me some advice so I can take control myself. So, um, you know, as, as humans, we're not meant to be stimulated all the time. You know, getting back to, right. again, what you said before, like getting back to that flame, I get to that flame every day now because I actually go out and I enjoy being in the moment. So before I had the conversation with you, I'm really grateful and lucky that I can walk 200 metres to the beach, have a swim in yep. one, one of the best uh, you know, beaches in the world, and then, yep. then come back and in, within 10 minutes I've done that and I'm having a shower, you know. But, but if I hadn't have gone through all the shit... I wouldn't. I wouldn't be grateful for that. You know, I just take no, it for no, granted. No. I wouldn't take it for granted. I just. I, I would take it for granted. I should say. And but you know, and a lot of us just get you know brought into life where we're just taking, taking things for granted. We're comparing. We're judging. Doing all those sorts of things. And TV will uh, will continually control us unless we you know choose to turn off or switch off and um, get away from media and get away from things that are actually taking our mental health the other way. Mm, yeah. Um absolutely um my i i i so i live in melbourne and i uh, i could be uh, from where i am in my apartment right now i could be on the beach in 30 seconds so mm. i i'm uh, equally blessed in that way you know mm. yeah Just walk out the feet can be in the sand and walking in the water so that's nice um it, it, it's a uh, and the other thing that we you know, it's one of the most exciting things that we've done and I've done in the last... One of the things that I realised, Aaron, was that uh, I, about six or seven years ago and I had a different board than I had now because I had some very... Well, I had special people on the board then and I've got special people on the board now. Mm. But one of the fellows on, on the board back in those days was a... Um, and I won't mention who he is, but he's a bit of a legend in, in the... In, uh, in the in the mental health world and as an academic mm. and we talked about this whole concept of how do you get away how do you you know you need to get away and you need to get away with if, if not by yourself with other men and learn about yourself and it was then that he introduced me to a fellow in central australia called johnny little mm. and subsequently i've been running trips from um uh, victoria from melbourne in the main um, out to the outback three, four, or five times a year through the through the uh, through the winter months, mm. and it's always a week. And we work between Alice and um, basically Uluru, and uh, we go into the Western Desert. Um, and right in the centre of it is my mate Johnny Little's uh, traditional owner, who goes back centuries on their land midway between Uluru and Alice Springs. Mm. And I always remember my first trip out back. Um, where Johnny Little sort of... Uh, people, the folks from the city just loved him. They hadn't realised what the earth meant to him. And and it was through that that I realised that not only was I giving back to the folks who went out there, but Johnny Little told me, you don't realise, Gareth, how much we blackfellas out here want to show you our country. Yeah. And... One of them, so what went from being a way of like getting away and just seeing the world, seeing the red earth, seeing the, meeting Aboriginals, um, seeing the, 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 the stars at night, just the, the whole the whole nature of what it's great to be a real Australian is, we also learned that 
Aboriginals, wherever they are, want the white fellas to come out and learn about their country, our country. And one of the biggest moves that we're making right now, literally, to our new website, is to to promote not just doing that in the outback, but to promote it wherever you are, where there might have been, and in the main, it's mostly all over Australia, Aboriginal communities in the past. Mm. Like, people will drive through the Otways in Victoria um, on their holidays and never realise that it was a significant Indigenous part of Australia's history, the yeah. Eastern Mar communities. And, you know, that they're surrounded by the history of Australia, not going back 230 years, but 60, 70,000 years. Mm. And we make no effort as white fellas we make no effort to understand it. We say no change without understanding. It's the same deal with yourself. Um, you won't make the changes you like if you need in life unless you understand who you are. Mm. And it's, so the first thing we've got to do is we've got to understand ourselves. And we've also got to understand others, including um, Indigenous Aboriginal Australians. Yeah. Um, and, and you used the word really earlier on uh, you talked about compassion and, 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 and having compassion for yourself is just so important. Uh, that conversation in terms of trying to compare ourselves with others and all of that effort, and do you know the reality of all of that is they're not even looking at it. The others aren't looking at it. You know why? Because they're comparing themselves to us. That's right. So we're all worrying, worrying around, running around worrying what others are thinking of us. They're not. They couldn't give us stuff. Do you know, Gareth, that, that's manufactured. Yeah. It's manufactured. You know, the, 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 the pure essence of, of our being is, is the fire, is the heart. Uh, yeah. You know, I've been really blessed to have a deep connection with Indigenous Australia, but also with Indigenous Americans and just see how in tune they were before white men came and, and took that sense of self away and you know the biggest yeah. tourist attraction we have in australia which is untapped by a long long way is indigenous culture you know yeah. it should be showcased to the world it's the oldest living form of humanity it's, it's got so much richness and, and learning capabilities and gareth what i'm doing here at the moment like i i've, I've ended up doing this role that i'm in up here to uh, help you know young men with anxiety and depression primarily and a lot of those young men are, uh, are indigenous so yep. I'm, I'm helping them reconnect with their culture to be able to you know yep. um, to, to, to understand the significance of it but also a lot of them are fearful Gareth because they have had uh, a lot of trauma come from their parents which was passed on intergenerational all the way along you know and I'm telling these guys or suggesting to these guys that they've got the opportunity to break the cycle now Yep. and being able to break the cycle and make sure that their kids aren't following the same path and then really you know, getting back to what, uh, what's going on within their own, own sense of self and sense of joy to be able to give them fulfilment because you know, these kids have been punished for trauma that wasn't their fault, being put in and out of jail and, and all that stuff and, and the whole system that we're in is, is not addressing the issue, it's actually punishing for things that they had no control over so, yeah. you know I mean, it's, got a, yeah. it's got a really hard like those kids in the first instance because they've got to work live in two worlds mm. um, and until we all support each other and say hey no it's not two worlds it's one world and 
it's Australia and how lucky we are to live in this country which has got this beauty from coast to coast, north to south, east to west, um, and different different races and different colours. And, um, and I think if you look at one thing that can come out of what I see, you know, the whole area of the whole time of COVID, mm. and without being political, um, but what's happening in America following Trumpism and all of that is the fact that we've always fired what America does. Yeah. But suddenly now you say, hey, I don't necessarily like what America does. And, um, and in actual fact, how lucky we are, and, and we're being forced now because we can't go to America, we can't go to Europe, we can't go anywhere, literally. Mm. How lucky we are to say, let's go out and have a look at this country, however far that might mean. Mm. Uh, some it might mean, I'm going to go a couple of hundred K up the road because I've never been there. For others it will say, I, I need to cross the continent to see what's happening in Western Australia, if I'm in Victoria or Queensland, it's down in South Australia, I need to see what's happening. Mm. Uh, and this is the chance of a lifetime. And interestingly enough, the cost will be half, if not a quarter, of what you'll spend going elsewhere. Yeah, that's and I right. Think this is an opportunity that comes from this whole time of change. Yeah, yeah, that's it. That's it, Gareth. And the last twelve months for me, I haven't forced anything. It's just sort of like evolved for me. So, so I've I've ended up in Agnes Water. But everyone's discovered Agnes Water as being such a beautiful place. It's like a Byron Bay that's been undiscovered. So all these people from Queensland are now coming here for, for holidays thinking, shit, this is in our backyard. Uh, yeah. And we never even knew about it because we were too busy going to Bali or, you know, overseas somewhere. Whereas now people, like, you can't get a room here because people are coming um, from, from all parts to, uh, to explore just how nice it actually is, you know. So... Um, yeah, we, we've been limited by choice, but really choice is a detriment uh, to our well-being in many, many ways because uh, when you're limited with your choice, life becomes more simple and you actually become more grateful for what's going on and what you have. Yeah, yeah. I've never been to Agnes Water, but uh, uh, it sounds pretty delightful. I know it's about 500k north of Brisbane, isn't it? That's right. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. uh, you know, it's the first summer I've had above the Murray River. Well, well basically, yeah, the first, the first, you know, winter, spring, summer I've had above the Murray River. Uh, but yeah. the, the Gold Coast was actually too bloody cold for me. So I was there for a while and ended up here in the climate. It's like, you know, absolutely magnificent. It's, uh, you know, it's not overly humid. It's not overly cold. It's, it's pretty well pristine most of the time. So, you know, out of all the diversity that we've had over the last year, I just, I didn't force it. I just let that life, um, you know, evolve. And I believe that's what we're doing too much. We're forcing, if we just get out of our own road, then things happen like they're meant to happen. You know, you have got the awareness and the ability to be able to control what you want, but sometimes that actually means getting out of the way and just letting things happen for you because your own energy takes you to where you want to go. It's just not a matter of, uh, you know, you know really making it happen in a hurry it's just allowing things to occur as they do and you know something you you unlocked for me before was you know with what you're doing now and what i'm what i'm doing here was always the fear of, of doing this and doing a podcast and and doing more about what i really enjoy because of the trap of you know the the big income that went with with the job uh, and the status and everything uh that i had but really that's um that, that kept me a prisoner because I couldn't, I couldn't live from the heart, you know, and, and, and just uh, allow life to be as it's meant to be rather than sort of, you know, 
get too much in the mind and, and force force life because that just creates imbalance and, and really frustration within yourself, I guess. Yeah, or it did for me. Yeah, yeah, well, um, uh, I would, uh, well, we're going to be able to get up there anyway. That's yeah. the other thing now. Well, that, that's true, that's true. Hopefully, uh, hopefully we can, uh, yeah, have freely move around the country without too much trouble, but um, yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm hoping that the restrictions aren't too, uh, too bad around this anyway. And really one thing that I believe is common sense is they should be able to test your immunity. If you're immune, if your immunity is fine, you should be free to travel anywhere. If you've got poor immunity, then fair enough, you know, play it safe. But if you've got the ability to get a virus like this and um, it doesn't affect you too much, then uh, great. Or if you do get it, you know, you do go into quarantine, get rid of it, and then and then move on. But um, you know, it shouldn't it shouldn't uh, restrict us. Um, you know, particularly people in their in their primary and good health to be able to. Uh, um, you know, not travel about freely. I don't know too much about the virus. I haven't watched the news and got too much involved in it. But um, yep. certainly, uh, you know, I I see it as being something reasonably serious. But hopefully, common sense will help. Um, you know, give people their sense of freedom back. Yeah, yeah. And but Australia's done a really good job when you yeah. look at what's happening in the world. Yeah. And we've gone through more pain through harder lockdown which, you know, there are political arguments one way and the other and uh, jobs, the uh, loss of jobs. We've, to think of how well as a nation we've been able to come out of it so far and without necessarily saying it's all over, I think we've got a lot better handle on it than we did 12 months ago. And uh, if we could have been, might have, if we pretended to be arguing against the hard lockdown back in the day, mm. you wouldn't have, you wouldn't, you wouldn't, you wouldn't argue against it right now that we we did it, we put up with it, and when you think that we haven't even had a thousand deaths from uh, COVID in Australia, mm. it's quite remarkable when you see what's happening around the world. And the reality is probably nine uh, nine hundred of the thousand that we've almost had are uh, comorbidity, you know, older folks who have got illnesses anyway. Yeah. That the final cruncher was when they got COVID. Mm, that's right. Yeah, it's it's interesting, and uh, you know, yeah, you're right. There's certainly, uh, lots of um, lots of uh, criticism for, for everything, but yeah, what what's happened with the government? They've actually like been really proactive and, and done some good things. So it's been a challenging year, but also a year if you if you reflect on it, can uh, you know create tremendous growth and and that can help people turn inward and really you know understand what's important to them and. You know, do some of the things that we're discussing here about uh, you know, getting back to what's real for you rather than sort of uh, you know, going uh, against your, um, your, your internal knowing uh, to be able to you know, get back to who you really are again and you know, come, come back yeah. to yourself because eventually it's going to happen. <laughs> I guess the, the sooner you, you can do it and come back to your real core belief systems, the better off you're going to be and everyone else around you, I guess, too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, mate, um, we, we can talk all day, but I better uh, we better put a full stop on our conversation and um, let you spend uh, the rest of your Saturday afternoon doing whatever it is you're going to do, go to the cricket or something. But uh, um, yeah, it's it's raining here, so I don't know what I'll do to keep myself busy. But uh, I um, I'm sure I'll find something. That's for sure. So. Oh look, look, I have enjoyed uh, talking with you, Aaron, because there's a lot of. Uh, even a lot of the language, the words you're using are the same words that I use because, um, you know, 
the one thing is the only message I can really give out, and I'm not, I've never been a great exponent of it, but I'm a believer in it. And if you can do anything, and, and you know, the younger you are to to understand this, the better you, the better you might be. Is that life is actually very simple. Mm. Um, that it's only us that makes it harder. Yeah. Um, we, we, our ambitions and our drives and our misdirected, um, our misdirected and misguided thoughts are the things that push us to the edge when we actually don't have to go there. Yeah. We don't have to go there. We can be just, you know, if you can walk along the beach with your dog, take your shoes off, walk in the water, um, or walk in the country, or walk along a river, or walk through a forest, um, and just breathe the air. Um, and for those of your listeners, mate, who are in cities, um, the reality is cities are very unnatural places. And as human beings, the word natural is all is what nature is all about. We are born to be in nature as, as animals. And we've been denatured. Hmm? We've been denatured. Absolutely, absolutely. So they're my words of wisdom, mate. Um, mm, but I've enjoyed talking to you and I really appreciate the stuff you're doing. Yeah, um, good on you. Gareth, I, I'm, I'm grateful that I, uh, I had the courage to, to start a podcast and I never realised how actually easy it was. I've been thinking about it for years, but uh, once I started doing a bit of research, it, uh, it's all sort of fallen into place, I guess. So I uh, haven't, haven't forced it and, you know, the timing's been pretty good, I think, to, uh, to start getting this out there. And, uh, yeah, certainly uh, be keen to have a chat to Sam and, and anyone else uh, that you think might be uh, beneficial to the, the people of rural Australia out there to uh, get some... Uh, Understanding and uh, an awareness about men's health, uh, you know, uh, to yeah, support the, everyone. The rural thing is, uh, rural one's really important because I've done a lot of work in rural Victoria. Um, and, you know, the farmers and uh, the people on the land, the, lonely, the loneliness thing is a real issue. Mm. Um, and loneliness can be the big, ultimately the big killer. Mm. And how you connect men, particularly... Um, in the way that the local pub used to be able to connect them um, is still the biggest is the biggest challenge. Yeah, agreed. You know, to be able to to yeah, look, it's really interesting. Um, you know, having having come from that rural environment, this how how guys you do become lonely. But the more the more you can practice gratitude and compassion and kindness and those sorts of things, then you don't become yeah. you don't actually become lonely because you actually become really, really um, I suppose uh, grounded within yourself. But also you become grateful for everything that you've got around you. And uh, it's not about having the next tractor or the uh, the next Ute or whatever. It's about actually yeah. like, you know being able to move through that and just experience the gift of life for for what it is. Um, you know, farmers experience a lot of tremendous um, mental health challenges with drought and all those sorts of things, which are outside of our, um, you know, our control. But you know, if we can support ourselves by doing things every day, like you do with your gym, and you know, I do with some fitness and meditation, and getting back to you know, feeling uh, feeling yourself again, then you realise that every day and everything around you is such a gift. And if you're from that mindset, then when you approach other people and you see other people, you do 
have a deep connection from the heart with them rather than, you know, a, a fixed, uh, you know, perception uh, as many of us do, I suppose, yeah. Mm, yeah, absolutely. Now, how can people Thanks find you, Gareth? How, how can people find you, Gareth? What's your website? Uh, well, our website is www.lifeagain.org. And we've just changed that in the last three or four days. So it's a brand new website. Um, there are a few wrinkles that we'll have to get out in the next two or three months. And you, that's what you expect with a new <laughs> website. But where it tells, it does tell the story of who we are and what we are. And uh, you connect, um, you connect uh, on there. Um, just uh, and if you want to connect directly with me. It's just garethat.lifeagain.org. Yeah, um, good on you, mate. Uh, happy to uh, happy to hear from anyone, Aaron, and uh, good luck to you, mate, and have fun in the sun. Yeah, we'll do. I'll send you a copy of this so you can have a listen to it. And, um, yeah, okay. really grateful for your time and uh, enjoy your Saturday, and I'll, um, I'm sure I'll be speaking with you again soon. Okay, mate. Thank you. Cheers, mate. See, See ya. ya. Ta-da. Okay. Bye. Bye-bye. Ta-da. There you go, guys. Gareth Andrew. Uh, very, uh, very, very beautiful conversation. A lot of that, um, you know, has come from 75 years' experience as a male and going through everything that he's been through um, to be having a conversation with us today. Uh, you know, if he hadn't have had those uh, experiences of depression and kept living that life, um, which he was quite blessed with, um, then, you know, he wouldn't be doing the things that he's doing to help others. So I really encourage you to check out his website, so lifeagain.org. Um, and, yeah, great guy to, uh, to have come and speak to your workplace or sporting club because uh, he's been through the, um, the, the elite levels of sport but also the elite levels of life, I suppose, at the end of the day. Um, so I appreciate you, uh, you reaching out to Gareth and I appreciate your feedback on this podcast. Thank you very much for being here, guys, uh, and looking forward to bringing another podcast to you later this week. And, uh, yeah, grateful for you following me um, just via Podbean, if you can follow, but also if you want uh, some information, support at outbackmind.com.au. Website is www.outbackmind.com.au. Have a great day. Thank you. Cheers.